0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin Bez uh, Zashem, BPW number 14. That's the Bais Panimi for Women, share number 14. And we're middle of discussing the book Marriage Secrets by Leah Rechheimer. We're middle of chapter six, called The Navigator. Um, would encourage you to please listen to the beginning of last week's share, because I put there various disclaimers or balances to this share about a woman um, one needing to be a macabre and we talked about how a lot of this chapter and a lot of what's said here is to combat the unhealthy aspects of the feminist movement that cause so much damage to marriage by saying and, and you know and, and and sort of bashing any wife who wants to um you know Look up to their husband and things like that. and what well, we need to know that it's the most natural thing for any woman to want to look up to their husband, to want to feel protected by their husband, and to bring and to, um, and to um, serve him. And for most women, it comes so naturally and they're happy with that role, and they feel fulfilled with that role. and it's not at the expense of losing any of their individuality, because any healthy good husband even as their wives are showering on them love and attention, they also reciprocate and acknowledge their wives and their opinions very much dearly and greatly, and, um, and they have harmony. So we need to understand the balance of this, uh, but it, it is clear, HaKadosh Baruch created it this way, that an Isha, a woman in general, is a makabal, and for some for some women it's a hard thing to uh, you know to swallow sometimes it's culturally sometimes it's their personality that it's you know that it's hard to accept that but ultimately it is a very very important thing the smartest decision in general is to be mavater for shalom to, to to follow your husband's will and of course he needs to learn to be mavater too that is 100% true But the idea being, though, that this concept of how the husband um, is, um, you know, that the wife uh, looks up to the husband and allows herself to follow his lead and gives up unhealthy control, which is hard sometimes for some personalities to do, is actually a very healthy thing. Now, she brings out an interesting question here that people ask when they hear this. And, um you know I would have asked this question if I would be listening to this shear and one of her students asked this shear to her she said so she was talking about this whole concept that we started talking about in the last week's shear about how the husband's uh uh ha- should have the final decision in 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 the house in, you know in in the home and in the family life which again listen to last week's shear what I said in the name of Shimon Grun, how that could work in a in a healthy way but the bottom line is one of the masters. he says, if you're right, don't you see in the Torah sometimes the opposite? You see, for example, ter- Sarah tells Avram, send Yishmol away. Avram didn't want to do it. Hashem says, listen to Sarah. Or Yitzhak, he wanted to give the brachas to Yaakov. Rivka made sure Yaakov got the brachas. Hashem agreed with that, obviously. Allowed it to happen. So you see very often, what are you telling me that uh, the, what the husband says is the final word and what he says goes? we well, you see, even in the models and the tyrant, again, we're not, can't comprehend, uh, you know, our us and emois and how great they were, but lessons we could learn. So you see from here, sometimes it's the other way around. So how does that work? So she said she went to Rav Usher Weiss. She had an appointment and she asked some of these questions. So what I'm going to do now is she asked the question, she says, if it's true that what I've been teaching and that a wife should do the will of her husband, how is that not contradicted by these examples that we just brought about Sarah and Rivka where uh, their opinion and their uh, uh, approach prevailed in actuality? So how do you, how do you answer that, stirah So I'm going to quote word for word um, what she writes in the book of what Rabbi Usha Weiss answered her. And Rabbi Usher said as follows. He said, in the Torah way, a woman should have the utmost respect for her husband. Doing the will of her husband is the foundation and starting point of a Jewish marriage. It is proper Jewish ethic, but it is understood that there are exceptions based on the complexity of the relationships and circumstances. Furthermore, this general guideline is for people who are psychologically healthy. I'm going to repeat that line, by the way and I can't overemphasize it enough. This general guideline is for people who are psychologically healthy. You should remember that, by the way, when you're listening to all of these shiurim, when we're talking about you um, looking up to your husbands and serving him. We're talking about a husband that may have flaws. and may have a lot of flaws, but they are overall healthy people that need to work on their midas. We're not talking about abusive people. Now I just want to go on. I'm going to continue... Quoting, if it's not the case, meaning if they're not psychologically healthy, then you need to consult a rabbi or a professional. But it must be understood that a tzaddikis does not always have to say yes, yes, yes. A man can make mistakes just like a woman can make mistakes. And a woman is not only entitled to correct him, she also bears the responsibility sometimes to put her foot down and to, th- and to think, you're making a mistake and I want to help you and steer you in the right direction. And that is legitimate. Following the will of your husband is not halacha pshuta. These are values, these are ethics, recommendations, and directions that Chazal convey. But there are many exceptions and many details. It's not concrete. It's not fixed, and therefore, it is no contradiction to what Chazal are teaching us about following the will of her husband. Of your of her husband. Yes, some of the greatest women in our tradition had their say, and some of the greatest men in our tradition. Uh, you know, and, and, and the women prevailed. A woman doesn't always have to say yes to whatever her husband says, even if her husband is a great man. She is still entitled, and not only entitled, and even obligated to speak up when she really feels she has a point to try to convey that. But this should be the exception. So I don't think there's any contradiction. A woman should try to make her husband the king of the family, but sometimes a queen has her say. And we expect the king to listen carefully to what the queen has to say. So this is what Rav Usher Weiss answered Leia Rechaimer, when she asked this question. And the aside basically here is on Ezek kenegdai that when it says opposite him, helpmate opposite him, opposite means that at times we take the opinion opposite of our husbands but only to improve the outcome, not to win the argument and not in order to feel superior to him. So I think what she's saying in this line is extremely crucial. That let's say, you know, you normally, you know, you're easygoing, and you, you, you listen to your husband, but you realize, you, you, you really feel she, he's on the wrong track about this. And you really need to express it. So here is where soul-searching is needed. Why are you contradicting him? Again, and she, I'm gonna repeat what she says here. Opposite means that at times we take the opinion opposite our husbands, but only to improve the outcome, not to win the argument, or in order to feel superior to him. So if your kavana is not to feel superior to your husband, not to win an argument, but because you truly, truly feel that in this particular subject, you know, you're correct about something and 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 you need to correct the situation. Then, of course, you speak up. He brings, she brings down from uh, Rav ben Abishol that Hashem's main will is that there should be sholem and harmony between a husband and wife. And that supersedes tzedek, meaning that keeping the peace is more important than having your decisions always prevail. Now, that doesn't mean you hang on blindly to everything your husband says, um, but there, it is important, very often, to relinquish that control and um, and allow your husband to make those decisions. She quotes someone, of Gershon Bess, and um, he. This is what she she's quoting here from him. There is no question that in order for a household to run properly, there has to be one leader. So the ultimate authority has been given to the husband, as the terrorist states. I shall make a helpmate opposite him. That also doesn't mean that a husband always acts correctly. A dictator may have the authority, but he may still be a dictator. The terror expects the wife to voice concerns and for the husband to be a mensch and to consider her opinions. But ultimately, two leaders can cause a family to live in discord. This is Rav Gershin Bess's words. Again, I would qualify this to the words of Rav and Grun, that in healthy marriages, there needs to be a discussion about certain realms where the husband indeed relinquishes that 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 authority. Certain things certain, again, every husband's different. So for some husbands, for whatever reason, the way where the, where the couch is put in a living room, or 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 what type of menu there is is uh, by guests for Shabbos is, is very important to him. So then it needs to carry maybe a little more weight. But many many husbands. It's not that difficult for them to, to tell their wives and to relinquish that control and say, I love you, I trust you, and, uh, you know, you're, you're in control here. And, and, and to give up that control when he's happy about that and let her do her thing. And that's a, that, that's a beautiful thing. And some things the other way around. And as they could actually have discussions about these things. But ultimately, you know, overall, Hashem did create the structure where push comes to shove, the husband has the final say on, 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 on important things in, in, the, in the family structure. But what the author is trying to say here, he brings, she brings sources from Agamalia Rabinowitz, who is a present of Kubel, Marsha, Avastar and all these things that prove from Chazal that this is the way it's you know, meant to be in a normal dynamic. But she does emphasize that giving up that unhealthy need for control creates such a harmony and a love in the home that it'll actually increase your joy in the marriage. And and, and instead of, you know, decreasing it, it'll increase it infinitely. So a lot of this is really soul-searching. When are you expressing an opinion opposite your husband's because you really, really feel... Um, you know, he's on the wrong track and, 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 and otherwise there still be some serious you know, things that will affect the children in a negative way or your home in a negative way, which sometimes could happen. And then you of course express yourself, but with so many things, you know, if you do your own soul searching on how many things you're trying to control, that really is pointless stress that he, she calls it. Basically you feel that you need to control things that, that have really nothing to do with what's important in life. And she says that when you learn how to relinquish control over those things, she says you'll be shocked at what a relief and pleasure it is. Yes, uh, you'll have to gain a little patience. Things, let's say, when things are not being done the way you're used to or the way you prefer it, and you may feel aggravated, you know, uh, and, and but you'll feel a certain relief, especially if those things you know that ultimately, in uh, the scheme of things, are not that important, and will create a tremendous, tremendous hanah and sipaka nefesh for you and for your husband. Now she goes through a piece which I'm not going to get into over here that much about how the husband is the captain of the ship, and she he, she's more like a navigator. But the concept behind it being is that she has, the, the wife has a special gift of influencing. And it's better to influence than, 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 than to control. Truth is, on the opposite side of the Mechitza with the husband as well, uh, even if he does have a right to exercise certain control, it is much better to use his power of influence than control. You only use control when you have really, you know, no choice in the matter, or when it's absolutely necessary or healthy. But generally speaking, the idea of trying to influence each other, not to control each other. And uh, she's talking to the women now, and she says it's far better to do that. When you learn how to influence gently versus controlling, it creates such a hanah and sipikanefesh, not just for the husband, but for the wife herself, who's relinquishing that unhealthy control. she brings um, over here also a Hashgothic concept which is true that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the sun and the moon originally in equal in size and the moon went to become larger complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Hashem agreed but made the moon smaller and um, and it's brought down in Chazal that that's why the men are compared to the sun while the woman to the moon in the monthly cycles you see that that's very very clear and Rabbi Israel Tauber used to explain that just like the moon does not shine its own light, but rather reflects the light of the sun, and just as the moon reflects the sun and can shine only when the sun is shining, a woman is a reflection of her husband. If she, he shines, she will shine. If she doesn't let him shine, she will not shine either. That, that's a Yasai that he brings down. And that's a very important uh, uh, point she has a tremendous amount of influence as a catalyst to trigger greatness in her husband, which in turn will give her the most on nefesh. She allows the sun to shine, she will get the benefit of that shine. Now the Rabina Bechaya says, he brings, he brings out uh, um, from Chumash there, that HaKadosh Baruch put in the woman's nature, in a wife's nature, to want to be to a certain degree dependent on their husbands. And again, you have to take this chazal with like every chazal to put it into healthy context. And like Ravasha Y said earlier, this does not mean that a wife gives up her mind or gives up her will or gives up her intelligence or gives up when she really sees something is wrong to speak up and express what's wrong. doesn't mean any of that. What it means is is overall, as a general mahalach, when you're dealing with a normal people, like we said, all this is about healthy relationships. And you're dealing about a husband that's a good person that may have a lot of flaws, but is a good, healthy person. That this idea of wanting to be uh, dependent in a healthy way, I would call it interdependence, really, and to allow your husband to shine and to support him and to love him in any, every way possible and give up unhealthy control. That is ultimately, the that gives the wife the greatest amount of simcha and sipecha nefesh. She brings a fascinating story here. She had a student that went to Eretz named Amy. She was married for 15 years, fighting with her husband, who earned less than her. She was much more um, accomplished and much more of a businesswoman, and uh, there was a lot of shalom bias issues because of her feeling of more that she was much highly more highly competent than her husband was in in earning capability and so on, it created a tremendous strain on their Shalom bias so she says that on that trip she went to see a Mackubal this Amy sat down and handed the 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 Macubble a paper with their Hebrew names and sat there with she was like like tough, and she was about to tell her complaints and her stories to the Makubel. But before she had the chance to say anything, the the Makubel reached for a safer and uh, opened it up to a quote of the Benish Chai. And the quote from the Benish Chai is, was from Ben Yada in Yavamis, Samech And it says there, and he, the Makubel, quoted this to her Sometimes a woman's neshama does not need to be here for itself it has already been fulfilled already has fulfilled his own purpose and it only came down to help her husband fulfill his purpose when she heard that this amy began crying everything it's like she, this wise person looked deeply into her soul and 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 it, and it, and it resonated with her and she it was my later, she says, I wasn't even sure whether that quote was true yet or not, but the possibility that it may have been true made her feel like that she had been war the last 15 years for nothing with her husband. And what should I do? And uh, Mekobel says, you make him your king. Now, I don't think he means that literally, but the idea being that uh, that she changed her perspective, realizing that very likely she put you together and very often, you have certain Shlemus, and your husband doesn't, and sometimes your Tavkadeus is to help him along with his. And by realizing this, this Amy realized that, uh, that a lot of the strife in the shalom in the last 15 years was heartache uh, that could have been avoided, and now she knew better. And by doing this, this enhanced the shalom greatly, and It doesn't say this here, but it's very certain that as she did this, uh, her husband grew and became more capable. You find that a lot, by the way, that if you find the dynamic where sometimes the wife is more capable in certain ways than the husband, and she, instead of looking down condescendingly, just supports him, he actually grows and gets built up. Very often you find, by the way, that husbands recognize this, whether they end up authoring books or making siyumim or accomplishing anything that they accomplished in life when they hit a plateau. Many, many husbands acknowledge this and say, you know something? I could have done nothing of this if it wouldn't be my wife that supported me, that helped me, and that you know built me up. Now, I'm going to make a copy of examples of the difference between controlling and influencing. Um, I'm going to put it here. And... And you should read it carefully. You know, for example, I'm just going to say one of them. Um, uh, you know, uh, controlling would be is you can't pack eggs at the bottom of a grocery bag; they'll get cracked. Influencing would be using the words like I found that when I put my eggs at the bottom of the bag, they usually break. Uh, do you have that also? You know, like so. Another controlling is more of a direct, uh, pinpoint, do this, do that, and a statement. Influence is much better is where it's more subtle and you're sharing your experience and you're accomplishing the same result and even more because they're conducive to hearing that. So I'm going to make a copy of it and please read it because it's a beautiful tool to learn how to, you know, focus on your wording, to learn how to use influencing words rather than controlling words. Brings down from the daughter of... um of uh, Rachaim Kinevsky in the name of the Chafetz Chaim about how important to be Mavatar to give in. Um, you think you're losing, but you always gain. You know, short term it may look like you lost something, but long term you always gain. And um, she talks about each person in the marriage investing 100% and um, other beautiful ideas. That's Kadaida Reed. And then I want to point out one thing she, that needs to be emphasized that she says here, which is so, so true, and this is something that I need to mention on the men's side too. It goes both ways. That very often when people get frustrated in a marriage, the first thing that comes to their mind, the default position that they use in their brain, I must have married the wrong person. Or you have doubts. You know, I could have married someone different then it would have been all different and better. I married the wrong person. And the problem is... That when things have uh, get a little challenging in a marriage, that is the most easiest escape hatch that people turn to to escape the idea of that you have to work on any marriage. They use this escape hatch saying, Oh, maybe I didn't marry the right person in the first place. It's the easiest thing to do, easiest thing to mull over. It's easier to do that a thousand times over than to do your own introspection and inner work to resolve difficulties that come in every normal marriage. In 99... Now, it could be, like, like we said, you know, you have unhealthy relationships sometimes. So, you know, that's true. But 99, she says 99, maybe 98, however you want to say, 99% of the time, it's a est- destructive escape hatch to think that you marry the wrong person and that causes it much harder for you to just realize I need to work on this marriage and by doing that you could get close to your husband and for a husband close to their wife and, 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 and to move that type of thought out of the head altogether completely so that you could actually take the initiative to work on the marriage and then you actually see beautiful results i going to quote here something she says from Rav Gershon Bess again, that Hashem gave women, being the yisera, added wisdom and understanding so she will have an intuition to know how to help her husband. So, of course, she helps guide him in the right derech, the proper path, but her purpose in life is not to fix him. He gets his perfection by learning to le- live peacefully with his soulmate who is totally different than himself. And um, that's the idea of Shalom bias. I'm going to also, besides the controlling versus influencing modes, I'm going to also post the the homework here. Notice when you feel an urge to control your husband. Try to let go of that. Make note of what happens, how you felt, and what the outcome of the situation was. She says something here called a nag freeze. Just as as you're about to nag your husband about something you wanted him to do, freeze, hold your tongue, say something nice instead. Give your husband a compliment on his driving and catch him doing something good. Comment on the good thing he does. Make a list of three controlling habits that you would like to break and begin to work on breaking them. And to add to or review a list of things that you appreciate about your husband. I'm going to post both the influencing comments versus controlling comments, as well as this exercise. Baruch HaNatzlacha.